Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast. This is an interview edition inviting you into the backgrounds of some of the top prospects in all of college football for the next season's NFL draft. We are in the 2023 cycle. Potentially, we have a young man here that could be a part of the next couple cycles, depending on what he decides to do. But I got Mr. Joe Titman, who is a star offensive lineman out of the University of Wisconsin, the center, starting center there uh, this past year. I thought he had one of the better tapes I've watched of any center, maybe the best tape, honestly. It's a great center class potentially next year with guys like Ricky Stromberg, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame. But I think Joe is amongst the best in college football. So, Joe, I appreciate you again, man, taking a little bit of time. We were talking before we started. I know it gets really hectic, you know, kind of working up to the summer part of, of the, uh, of the preparation, but appreciate you for taking a little bit of time today, man. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So Joe, I, I kind of like to run these a little bit like a journey. So I wanted to go back. I, I took a look at some of your recruiting stuff. I know you were a Fort Wayne, Indiana kid originally. So can you just talk me through a little bit of the recruiting process for you and why ultimately you ended up with Wisconsin? Yeah, so my uh, recruiting process kind of started, I'd say, at a normal time for most uh, most guys like me. I was, I think, a sophomore going into my junior season, and I got an offer. First offer was Ball State, and then after that, it kind of all started trickling down. But the first school to actually come and see me, and like actually come to my school, was actually Wisconsin, and. You know, I was able like uh, Coach Bostad, who is actually now the current O line coach. He was an inside linebackers coach at the time. He's the recruiter for the area, so I got to, you know, see all that stuff. He told me to come up for a camp, which I ended up doing, and uh, I had a successful camp, and it was I had a great time, learned a lot, and then after that, I kind of just always had Wisconsin in the back of my head. After that, and uh, I kind of found myself every visit I went on, I was comparing all my visits and like, Oh yeah, this place has this, but it's not Wisconsin, but it's not Wisconsin. I just kind of kept my, kept finding myself saying that. So then I realized that, yeah, I want to go to Wisconsin. I love that, man. I love that. And obviously Joe, I I know, you know, you're not too far from, from Wisconsin being an Indiana guy. So can you talk to me just a little bit about, cause I mean, the Wisconsin just lineage of offensive line plays. I mean, I, I don't have to. I don't even have to name the guys like Joe Thomas and Ryan Ramchek and Travis Frederick and Logan Bruss, who just got drafted, that you obviously know very well. Josh Seltzner, who we had down at the College Gridiron Showcase, obviously a great tradition in offensive line. But how much did that mean to you, a part of the equation, to hopefully continue that great tradition that you guys have going down? Uh, that definitely that definitely played a factor. I mean, uh, not only are they developing these guys to be great offensive linemen, but I just wanted to be able to be a part of that like awesome 
uh, hard-nosed offensive line tradition. And uh, I know this is the best place to help me get to the NFL, which is my end goal. So I think that played a big factor in it. And I think at the time they had like, uh, I think Wisconsin was like top five for the amount of O-linemen drafted in 20 years or something. So, you know, I knew, I knew that going to Wisconsin was going to be my best chance for, you know, getting to my furthest potential that I can go. Yeah. Now there's, I mean, Wisconsin is arguably the best as far as developing offensive linemen. So I think you made a great choice, obviously there. And let me ask you, Joe, when you were in high school, what position did you play? And in, in t- take me through, like, was it always I was going to be a center long term? Was it did you start at a guard, a tackle? Like, what has kind of been your journey as for, from a positional perspective? So I in high school, I was a left tackle, which pretty much any almost all uh, offensive linemen that go into college, whether even if you're in like, you know, kind of a smaller guy, like six foot or six foot, six, two, six, three, you're still going to. <laughs> most likely be playing, playing left tackle in uh, high school. So coming in, I knew I wasn't really going to be sticking out there at tackle. I, Coach Rudolph at the time said he really liked me interiorly at guard. But during my fresh or my redshirt season, when I was on the scout offense, Boast, Coach Bostad, he ran the scout offense. He always wanted me getting in there at center and playing center. And so for that whole season, I was playing center for the scout offense and then I went back to guard after that, and then going into the next fall camp, which would have been my second year, um, uh, the coach Rudolph at the time, he had me play two days at each position. So two days at uh, tackle, two days at guard, two days at center, two days at guard, two days at tackle. And I think that really kind of just like helped my development. But then eventually uh, that whole season was kind of cut short for me. I, I Going into the season, I knew I'd be battling a shoulder injury, so I was just trying to kind of get through that, get through that. And then I think it was, yeah, it was the Michigan game. I got in that game at right guard, played, I think, 11 snaps. And then after that, well, the next, the following game, the Northwestern game, I, like, was decided. I mean, I was just playing injured, playing from behind all the time. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's time to get my surgery, which – was phenomenal for me. But uh, then after coming back from my surgery, Coach Rudolph was like, hey, I want you to learn center. and I want you to fight for that spot. So after not doing a spring ball and going into a fall camp for my third year, uh, I was able to take the spot and kind of stick there going through the whole season. So I jumped around quite a bit, but, you know, kind of finally settled in down at the center spot. Before we continue on with this discussion, folks, I do want to tell you about Bet Online today's sponsors. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. Don't forget that the MLB is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And let me ask you this, Joe, because I know centers are typically a little bit shorter, right? Like usually you're talking 6'3", 6'4", maybe even 6'2"-ish type of type of body types. You're obviously a taller guy listed right around 6'6". Six six. I know we've seen some centers a little taller, like an Alex Mack who's about 6'5", in that vein. But was it a difficult transition or do you feel like it kind of came naturally to play a position that typically your body type's not usually at? 
Yeah, I think uh, at first it was a little difficult kind of just trying to figure it out. And I was, you know, I had great teachers like uh, Tyler Biotic my freshman year. So he was helping me, but kind of a lot of the stuff that he was helping me with was because he was, you know, a little bit smaller of a guy, like stuff he's, you know, kind of playing from behind a little bit. And that was kind of stuff I didn't, you know, I could do without having to, you know, play from behind. So uh, eventually I realized that uh, my length, my, my strength, my weight, my height, those were all stuff that was just going to help me. Mm -hmm. uh, to be a better player inside, even though like I, some people say uh, being long as a center is like a crutch, but I do not find that at all. I get to play with length. I, you know, get to keep people out of my chest, get to, you know, use my power. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, the frame is the first thing that pops off film, but one thing that I really like about your game is I feel like you're very coordinated and you move to the second level really well. Like, I just think you're, you're a good athlete overall. What are some of those things from that transition? Do you feel like, came more natural to you? I mean, like maybe playing to that length, like you said, is a, is a big plus, but what are some, what were some of the early challenges to making that transition? What were some of the other things that maybe wasn't that big of a transition for you? Um, or wait, okay. So, sorry. Are you asking what was harder or uh, a little, a, a little bit of both. So what came easier for you? And then what also was maybe a little bit of a challenge with that initial move? Uh, I think just what came easy for me, easy ish was my, uh, Unblocking because I was able, you know, at first I was worried about having that guy. So, you know, that zero nose right there up and close. And then after a little bit, I was kind of just able to realize that, you know, I, everything's maybe happening, happening quicker, but that's just easier for me to get on this guy and get him moving. Uh, I'd say the thing that was uh, definitely didn't come natural to me was snapping. I had to get that down. I mean, I snapped uh, with every time the quarterbacks did like any skelly for about six months before I even got that down to perfect, perfect snaps every time. And I can't even say perfect, but in yeah. that, in that box. Love it. Love it, man. So I, I wanted to ask about this because before we started, I, I'd let you know, like I, I've talked to guys like Leo Chanel in the, in the past. And I know you guys have had great run of some defensive players. Cause I'm a big fan of coach Leonard and just kind of what he has instilled on that defensive side of the football. So Leo and Jack, obviously this past year, I know Benton's a really good defensive tackle that you guys have now at the nose and man, there's just so many great defensive players that have come through Wisconsin, even dating back to the, the TJ Watts of the world. But can you take me through maybe the challenges of playing against that defense every day and how that makes you a better football player? That, like you said, yeah, that certainly makes you a better football player. But uh, having having Keanu up there, up close as can be every single play, I think that was something. Because, you know, coming in, I hadn't played much center. So that was something I had to learn how to do quick. And I had to figure out what, what – what, uh, and Keanu, he's awesome about it. He's always like, after practice, we can, we'll can sit down. And, I, I mean, I'll share some stuff with him that I think he could do better. He'll share stuff with me that I can do better. So – I mean, just I mean, just being teammates with him in general is awesome because he's able to help me. I'm able to help him. But uh, I mean, other than that, it's I mean, every day is a challenge. There's no days where you know the offense just runs all over the defense or passes the ball all over the defense. Every yeah. day it's a battle. Every day it's a you know, it's pretty much like a gruesome fight. And uh, I think that that is what helps us to have the uh, explosive run game that we do. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and we hats off to the defense for that. 
Yeah, and it's a perfect transition, uh, Joe, because you guys have had historically great running games, obviously, too, with Jonathan Taylor. And, I mean, this past year, you, you Malusi and, and obviously Bray, Braylon Allen. Can I ask about Braylon Allen for a second, man? Because I just can't believe that this kid is only going to be 18 years old. Like, that kid is a freak of nature. I don't know where you guys found him, but, wow, must be fun to block for a guy like that. Fond of Lock, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, certainly, certainly. Braylon's an awesome guy. Uh, you know, the first first thing I always like to say about him is he's a humble dude. Because, you know, 17 years old, uh, I think he was one of the top rushing leaders in the Big Ten last year. So you'd expect him, you know, to, you know, maybe not be as humble. But he's a humble guy. He's awesome. Uh, great worker, great work ethic. And, I mean, uh, you know, at first when he was coming in, I was like, okay, this dude, like, you know, he's reclassified. He's supposed to come in. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. And then as soon as I saw him, I think it was the first summer. Yeah, for his first summer. So he was 17 years old at the time. I watched him uh, power clean 405, and I was like, oh, uh, this this guy. This guy's legit. He's serious. Yeah, that's a little different when you see that as a freshman, man. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty crazy. So wanted to ask you, Joe, about, I mean, obviously, so you played left tackle in high school. You move inside the guard and, in, and ultimately into center. Are there some players that maybe you like to watch a ton? It could be NFL guys from the past, present, whatever it is. Are there some guys that maybe you like to film study a little bit? Yeah, I've always I've always liked uh, watching Travis Frederick. Uh, you know, he's got an easy connection to be able to get to his film. But yeah. a college guy that I used to like that I enjoyed watching a lot last year was I would watch Tyler Linderbaum because nice. he, I mean, they, they ran a little bit of a different style offense kind of, you know, he, sometimes he'd be getting to the backers without even touching one of the down de- defensive linemen, which we were a little bit different. But what I liked about him was he always was playing fast. So, yeah. I mean, that was something, he was someone that I studied a lot last year and I think I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Now Linderbaum's a great one, man. And, and I kind of opened this Joe by saying like, I think that you have a very good argument to potentially being the best center in football. I mean, in college football next year. And I know, again, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame is a really good player. I mentioned Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas. There's, I mean, the, the Van Prahn kid from Georgia. There's a lot of really good centers and, and a little bit of an atypical one, but does it mean anything to you about maybe being considered the best center in college football? Like, is that a goal that you have to, uh, to be considered that guy in the nation? You know, I, I wouldn't say uh, that's a goal that I have. I try and I really try and keep away from all that sort of stuff, the, the rankings and all that and whatnot. But you know, just I I, I kind of strive just to be the best player that I can be. And I think with me, I uh, I think my my ceiling is the sky. I can I think I still have a lot to learn. I think I still have a lot to progress. And I think you know, throughout this off season and through this coming season, I think I'll get there. And I mean, after that, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And and I know that there's always high expectations when you play at Wisconsin. And I mentioned Coach Leonard and the consistency that you guys have had at the offensive line. And, you know, you're coming off a nine-win season. So, you know, I, I'm sure that you guys always have higher expectations than even that. But nine wins, coming off a bowl game. What are some goals that you have as a team perspective now going into 2022? Like what would make it a successful year for you? First thing is just winning the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes after that, whatever wins, whatever comes. But first, our first goal is just uh, win the Big Ten. I love it, man. I love it. And, and kind of my last question for you, Joe, is, again, I don't know if it's going to be 2023 NFL draft. I don't know if it's going to be 2024. Obviously, you have that junior eligibility with, with the COVID year, especially kind of put into there. But 
whether it is next year, the year after, whenever it does come, just how long is potentially playing in the NFL been a dream of yours? And how much of a blessing just would it be if that did become a reality for you? I mean, even even being considered as uh, possibly being uh, going into the NFL is a dream come true for me. I mean, as long as I can remember uh, throwing on when I was probably six or seven years old, throwing on a whole Cowboys uh, jersey, helmet, and all that stuff, running around with my friends. I mean, it's been a long-term goal for me and a long time coming. I'm, you know, uh, excited. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Again, joined by Joe Tittman, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, starting center over there. One of the best off interior offensive linemen in entire nation coming back for his now junior season next year. Joe, I appreciate this again, man, taking a little bit of time. Again, I know it's busy, but thank you so much for the time today. Yeah, appreciate you, Ryan. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.